0: So last night we talked about how this woman was beat down and mistreated by the world and how many of you here in this room have been beat down and mistreated by the world. Your parents have failed you, sometimes even left. Your classmates have been cruel to you. Life has been difficult. And yet here this woman is... Charging into the presence of Jesus, urgently bringing her mess to the Lord, recognizing both the pain that's been inflicted upon her and the sin that she's responsible for. We also see this Pharisee, Simon, who kind of keeps this distance from Jesus, who feels entitled to Jesus' presence, who takes it for granted, who doesn't treasure it, who kind of stands at a distance. And the way that you become a Pharisee primarily is by having a really privileged family, that you're most likely to become someone like Simon, who is close to Jesus but takes him for granted if you come from a privileged family. And a lot of you are like that. And so last night, the big idea I wanted you to wrestle with or the question I wanted you to answer is, will you be like the woman who's authentic, who recognizes her pain, doesn't hide it, doesn't scan it, doesn't pretend it doesn't exist, recognizes her sin, doesn't cover it up, doesn't pretend it doesn't exist, and she comes to Jesus urgently with her mess, or will you be like the Pharisee who maintains the pretense, who continues to pretend, who goes on faking, that you are in need of forgiveness and Jesus Christ took on flesh, lived a sinless life and died a substitutionary death so that you could be forgiven and that you must get right with God now, urgently. Now, when we start talking about authenticity, so often I think I hear people talk about authenticity in terms of just doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like doing it. That's not the authenticity I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is honestly acting like who you are, honestly coming to God with who you are and where you've been and what you're dealing with. And when I learned that I was going to be speaking at Fuse, I began to pray through my high school experience thinking about who were my friends who were really authentic, who were my friends when I high school time who really embodied what it meant to be honest to be unashamed and to just kind of live an uninhibited life whereas everybody else is playing all these games of he said she said and who's doing what and where people rank And the person that God kept bringing to mind and I was praying was my buddy Ethan, who I remember the very first day I met him was going around greeting and making friends from every different friend group, not not worried about what are they thinking about me, rather he was worried about are they gonna have friends? He was not driven by obsessive compulsive thinking about what are all these people thinking about me managing their thoughts of him rather he had this free and uninhibited spirit where he was more concerned about how other people were doing than about how other people were viewing him And Ethan's friendship of me, his pursuit of me, his welcoming of me dramatically changed my high school experience and even my faith experience because Ethan loved Jesus. and so when I reflect on what made Ethan who he was and what really enabled him to freely love people and not need to manage other people's expectations of him was the fact that he recognized and knew that he was loved by God. See, we're looking at this woman in the story, the woman from the city, and she has spent years now getting used to the fact that these religious Pharisees judged her. She knows what these people thought about her. She's aware of the fact that she's unwelcome in their circles. She knows what she's been up to. But what I'm shocked at in this story is how she, with this great sense of freedom... Knows what these Pharisees think about her, and yet she still, with urgency, marches into the Pharisee's house and does what she needs to do. She gets close to Jesus. Have you ever been in that type of situation where you're walking into some place or into some group of people where maybe you knew that you didn't quite fit in or maybe you didn't know whether you did or you didn't fit in, and so you kind of walk in with like this hesitation of, What are they thinking? How am I going to rank? In what group am I going to fit in? And you look for that one person you might know so you don't have to be the awkward person in the room who's kind of, do I belong here? Do I not belong here? That's what this woman was up against. She's walking into a place knowing full well they have all judged her and have been judging her for a long time. Yet she has this courage and this capacity to ignore their nonsense, to not be phased by their evil judgment, to not be fazed by their gossip, to not be fazed by the fact that they are evil and are looking down on her, but yet she's still confident because Jesus is there. The presence of Jesus in that house made her feel safe enough to go into that house. The fact that God's reputation in the person of Jesus had gotten out, that people were recognizing that this is a man who shields people from judgment. This is a man who sees people as they are. This is a man who doesn't misinterpret, but rightly interprets. This is a man who sees me in the context of my story, not just in the context of where I'm at right now. That she hears about this person, Jesus, and she goes, if that guy's in the room, I can be safe in that room. If that guy's gonna be there, I can march in front of those Pharisees and be who God is calling me to be. I can be authentic. I can cry. I can give Jesus my offering of treasure. I can humble myself. I don't have to maintain my put-together image. Rather, I can walk right in, come undone, and trust the fact that because I'm close to Jesus, these Pharisees can't touch me. This is the heart of this question right here in Luke 7, verse 44. Turning to the woman, he looks at her, he makes eye contact with her, and he asks Simon, do you see this woman? This is the the essence of judgment. The Pharisee thinks he understands her. He thinks he has her labeled. He thinks he has her pegged. He thinks he knows what her deal is. But Jesus sees the woman the way Simon the Pharisee doesn't see the woman and because this woman senses the fact that Jesus understands her and he sees her she's able with great resolve to put blinders up to these Pharisees and march forward confident in the fact that Jesus is in the room have you ever been labeled have you ever been misunderstood You see, I think the first time I had one of my really good friends gossip about me to someone that I wish they wouldn't, it was actually at church, and one of our church leaders, um, I had never met that church leader before, but my good friend who, you know, we had a rough couple years, we're friends now again, but he told that church leader some things about me that I wish he hadn't told that church leader about me. And I remember being so devastated because I'd seen like he had stolen from me the opportunity to make an impression on my pastor. That his gossip made the impression that I didn't get to make. And I felt like I was in a hole. Like I was recovering. Now a lot of you in this room might have had experiences like that. Where you've been gossiped about, you've been labeled, you've been pegged, you've been pushed aside. You've been decided or someone has decided for you that you don't belong, you're not included. But a lot of you in this room, that's not your main experience. You're more like this Pharisee. See here's one clear cut way for you to know whether you're a Pharisee or not. And that is do you gossip about people ever. Because Pharisees know what you have to be like to be in, to belong to be on top. And when you see people who don't fit that description, you say things like, can you believe that she did this? Did you hear what he did? He clearly doesn't belong in this circle. And a lot of times what happens is the reason that we judge, the reason we exclude, the reason that we become Pharisees is because it feels really good to exclude people. It feels really good to be on top. It feels really good to decide who's in and who's not in. It feels really good to not be the one left out. And so what happens a lot of the times is some of you have been pretty good at playing the popularity game. You've kind of figured out how to walk, how to talk, how to dress. And you do a pretty good job of managing what it looks like to be a popular person. You go to school, you have friends, you come to church, you have friends. You've done a fairly well job of crafting your image such that you know that nowhere you go are you going to be without kind of being seen as one of the people who's in. Delighting in the fact that you get to be in is another way of rejoicing the fact that some people are out. Out. And some of you, similarly on the other side, you've kind of recognized, you know what? I'm not gonna be one of the popular people. And so rather than making your identity and building your identity on fitting in, you kind of make and build your identity on standing out. I'm gonna be different. I'm not gonna be like them, those popular kids, those people who fit in well, I'm gonna be different. And you have labels for yourself and you go, I'm like this, I'm like that, I'm not like these people. And we do this all the time. We try and differentiate ourselves, that I'm different than those people, they're different than me, because I'm special and I'm unique and I'm different. And what happens is, either direction, you're either building your life on fitting in or you're building your life on standing out. You're building your life apart from Christ. These Pharisees built their lives on maintaining this perfect image. These Pharisees built their lives on the fact that they could judge and exclude certain people so they could feel special. But here's the reality is you are not special because of your ability to fit in and you're not special because of your ability to stand out. Rather, you are special because you are specifically designed by God Almighty. The reality that people are gonna judge you is certain. I guarantee you the rest of your life, the rest of your week, even probably the rest of your evening, people will be judging you and evaluating you, looking you up and down and deciding whether you are in or out. That is just a brutal life reality. People will think they see you. People will be like Simon the Pharisee and they'll look at you and decide where you belong. And so you're left with a choice. How do you react to the reality of judgment? How do you react to the reality that people may be gossiping about you? How do you react to the reality that people will misunderstand and misinterpret you and put you into some box that you don't belong in? What do you do? Because it's happening. A lot of you are aware that it's happening and it's killing you. A lot of you know for a fact that it's happened this weekend already and it's tearing you up inside. A lot of you are the ones doing it to other people in this room. So what are you gonna do about the fact that people are judging you? What are you gonna do about the fact that people misinterpret you? Because you have three options. Option one is you just become like the people who are judging you. You go, you know what, they talk that way, they dress that way, they act like way, you know what I'll do to get them to stop judging me, I'll just become like them. I'll just walk and talk like they do. This is the great irony I see, especially in high school students who think they're so cool for smoking and partying, when in reality, they're doing what every other high school student has done to think is cool for the last hundred years, I'm an individual. I'm doing exactly what my parents did 25 years ago. I think for myself, I'm a rebel. Actually, I'm just doing exactly what all my friends are doing. Are you going to become like them so they'll stop judging you? Because that's a choice you have. You can try that. The problem with that is that you live with perpetual insecure anxiety because at any moment the image you're crafting could come tumbling down at any moment you could be found out to be fake because you are that's option one when people judge you you can just become like them option two is to just become the opposite of them and react I'm not going to be like the popular athlete I'm going to be a goth person and then you're going to hang out with the goth kids and talk about how we're better than the athlete people I'm not going to be a person who listens to rap. I'm going to be a person who listens to country. And we're going to wear country clothes and make fun of the rap clothes. And what happens is you say, we hate those Pharisees. We'll just become a different type of Pharisee. We can't get into that club. So you know what? I'll make a club over here that they can't get into. So option one is to become exactly like them. Option two is to reproduce what they're doing just somewhere else over here. But there's a third option, the biblical option, the right option, the correct option. You see this woman, the woman of the city, the sinner, she wasn't accepted into the Pharisee club. She wasn't accepted into the religious good person group. And for a long time she'd been walking around in the group called the people of the city. We judge the religious people over here because those religious people, they're just stuck in rules. Those religious people, they don't think for themselves. We're of the city. We know what the good life is like. Be like us. And she lived in that world for a while, being of the city, rejecting the religious people, rejecting God's plan, rejecting all those hypocrites, informing instead this club over here of people who are different but instead she sees Jesus, this is a third option, and she brings her mess to Christ. That rather than forming a different judgment club, rather than being paralyzed by their judgment and just becoming like them, she instead follows a third way, and that's called the Lord Jesus Christ and being close to him. She takes her treasured possession, and she barges in, despising their judgment, ignoring their judgment, saying, so what? They can judge me if they want to. That is not how I make my decisions. They can look down on me all they want to. That's not who I am. They can think I'm unworthy all they want to. That's not who I am. I'm not building my life on other people's opinions of me. I'm building my life on the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ is gracious and forgiving. And so you have a choice. Will you continue to be ruled by other people's opinions of you, either by fitting in or by standing out? Or are you going to see the person of Jesus crucified and risen and present with us here in this room right now, recognizing that the closer the woman got to Jesus, the less she was damaged by the judgment of the Pharisees. Have you drawn near to Christ? Have you confessed to him the fact that you have been judged and misunderstood? Have you said, Christ is here, and he is shielding me from these people's opinions of me? i invite the band to come on up. because this is the reality that you have here. You have three options. You can either try and fit in with the popular people and be ruled by what they think of you, or you can form your alternative club of people who were different than those people, and that makes us better than those people, but really we're the same as them. Or you can see the fact that God in the flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ, is worthy of your trust and he loves you deeply. And when other people misunderstand and misinterpret you, he does not. He sees you as you are. He sees you in context of your story. He has a plan for your life. He is drawing you in. He is calling you close. And you have a choice. And here's the big idea I have for tonight. Whose opinion will you build your life on? Are you going to build your life on the opinion of others, or will you build your life on the opinion of Jesus, God in the flesh? Because when he looks at you, he does not see someone who just needs to try a little harder, and then maybe you'll be included. He does not see someone who's at risk of being kicked out of the group if they do something like this or something like that. He sees you and says, hurt, I see your hurt. He sees sin, I forgive your sin. He says, pain, I have felt your pain. He sees broken, I've been broken for you. He sees lost, he says, I'm calling you to come be found. And so on whose opinion of you will you build your life? When I say urgently bring your mess to Jesus, I'm saying he's the only one who can handle your mess. He's the only one whose opinion of you will not produce insecurity and being tossed to and fro. He's the only one whose opinion of you produces a firm foundation that leads to stable sense of self, comfortable in your own skin, a recognition that he has designed me and sent grace into my life such that even when I fail, he doesn't kick me out of the group. He welcomes me back in. And so I want to ask you all to stand right now. We're about to sing the song, Build My Life. And I want you to wrestle with these words and say, are these words true of you? Are you committed to building your life upon the word of Jesus Christ? Or are you committed to building your life upon the word of your peers who have and will forsake you? we pray and then we're gonna sing God I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room I pray that we will acknowledge the ways in which we have been tossed about and beaten up by the opinions of other people that we have been judged we have been misunderstood we have been led astray we have done things to earn approval that we never wanted to do but God tonight I want us to put a line in the sand and recognize that you are offering to us a firm foundation certain and secure your love purchased on the cross and empowered by the resurrection. I pray that when we sing these words, they will be true. Not just a good idea, not just wishful thinking, but rather that we will be secure and confident in the fact that you are building us and we will stand firm on your grace. Amen.